0: UFC Fight Night London takes place at London's O2 Arena this weekend, and I had the chance this week to sit down with the man with the privilege of calling those fights. Brand new UFC EMEA commentator, John Gooden. You're now in the big show. The big show, yeah. you're, in, you're in the big show, calling the fights on Saturday night. Give us potted history, how, you, how, how you've got to be in this position now, because obviously there's an awful lot that would have happened... Say from the last time you called a, a Cage Warriors event to being here with the UFC, about to call your first UFC event. Th-
1: this recruitment process, you like. Yeah, know.
0: yeah, the timeline yeah. of how how it's all gone about.
1: Okay, well, I think that I I was speaking with the UFC about a year ago and was trying to find a way in which I could carve myself a, a career in mixed martial arts, you know, and do some more stuff with the sport and things of that nature. But at that time. Um, the, although there were lots of changes going and I don't think that there was enough changes that they were going to be starting to put together their own broadcast team so, um, so the first real opportunity I had was to do the Q&A in Manchester um, Gareth Davies has been the obvious candidate for all sorts of media work and the, the guy just pulled in too many directions You know, he's got so many things to do so um, with that comes opportunity for someone else and fortunately they remembered me and... Uh, yeah, so I, I got to do that, and I really enjoyed it. It was uh, it was a very interesting gig, but I had some, there were some great guests there, you know, Conor McGregor, Michael Bisping, should um, let them talk um, then. Oh, absolutely, yeah, and it, like Dustin Poirier, he's uh, oh, he's just he's awesome, and Alex Gustafson. So, um, so that was really cool. And after that, we did some stuff with BT Sport, so we did that show, and um, you know, so then you're all of a sudden you're announced a little bit more to. To the UFC fans, and because uh, they're a different market, and I and I realised I knew that before, and I, mm-hmm. I certainly knew that after. Just because when you're unfamiliar to people, um, people don't like change, and they question, um, and it just goes to show. I'm very proud of my efforts within the UK mixed martial arts scene, and, and to all intents and purposes, on the European level. Mm-hmm. And when you've been working there for like three or four years, and people, I don't expect people to know who I am. But for people just to be like, you've come out of nowhere and I just dragged you off the street and put you there. It was like, well, come on, guys. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's not like that. Um, but, um, yeah, it was, it was a learning experience in many ways because it opened me up to more, the more social media aspects of things, which I hadn't really prepared myself mm-hmm. for or, or considered. I'm not someone that seeks followers and things like that, but I am someone that likes to do a good job. Um, and likes to represent the sport as positively as possible. Yeah. And that's that has been the whole reason why I do what I do because I didn't see it being represented well um, when I first started out as someone that trained, yeah. as someone whose circle of friends are guys who live down the gym. You know, these guys need help um, and it takes people who are a little bit more encouraged to get involved in media type stuff mm. and I've, I've had i've harbored those ambitions for many years yeah. so it, it kind of all weirdly ties together so when um so when some developments were going on in the the ufc office in london um my name was in the mix and i guess when you're working on the biggest and most active show in europe that's that's going to happen so um yeah so i got the call sat down had an interview went really well and uh really liked what i was hearing as well and then after that uh we went through the process of screen testing tell us a bit about that because i I kind
0: of know sort of the 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 uh, the basics of it In as much as you and brad were told you had to avoid the uh so you had to you had to avoid the uh, the results you and dan sorry had to avoid the results of certain events then you were pulled in and had to commentate as if it was
1: live is that right yeah yeah so we weren't sure which card it was going to be and then it was uh, discovered that we were going to do the um oh god is it the malaysia card no the oh was it it was Safadine versus, versus yeah. Lynn. so anyway singapore we- singapore cards yeah. i knew it was one of those mm. malaysia because my best mate's malaysia i've been winding <laughs> him up all day sorry <laughs> So anyway, we had to avoid that and um, couldn't really look at the results. But you can't, avoid, you can't avoid the results. But then I don't think that really mattered. And then I was told that I would be going in and I would be working with Dan Hardy. I would be working with the outlaw, Dan Hardy. Okay, right. That's not too shabby. That's... That's pretty, that's pretty weird um, I've followed Dan's career all the way through like most guys from the UK yeah. I've also listened to some of the other stuff that he does and you know he's sounds like he's been on a real journey yeah. of self-discovery and things like that and that's something that resonates with me and I'm always looking at people who he's a martial artist I'm a martial artist and when people are going out and doing interesting things I just try and connect with that so all of a sudden I'm now in the same room as this guy uh, so that was cool, but you gotta, you gotta keep cool. And you can't, you know, yeah. just be too much of a fanboy. Yeah, uh, we had a job to do, and I turned up and met Dan, and he's just Dan's so easy to get along with. He's got time for everyone. He's very laid back, uh, but at the same time, very professional uh, and wants to do things absolutely right. Yeah. We didn't have a lot, you know. We had no time to kind of warm up, if you like. We were, and. <laughs> we were actually went down to the BT Sports mm. studios. I'm not sure if you've, mm. you've been around there. Those rooms are freezing. Yes, they are absolutely freezing. My teeth were almost chattering. Is so. the, are these the green rooms downstairs? It was on the same level as where the offices are. Oh, upstairs? Yeah, yeah. I work in, in like one a, of those. In like a voice recording booth. Yeah, well, I'm just along the corridor from those. Okay, yeah. So, so, uh, it's, so you'll know. And it was—it's was like a fridge. Yeah, they kept you alive. You know. I think that's what it is. It's just not the commentators getting too, pro- uh, yeah, too relaxed yeah, and yeah off. Yeah so so we sat there with the fights playing out in front of us there was a camera pointing at us as well yeah. um, and some microphones and we just called the fight so I had prepared what I thought was the UFC format for the introductions so I had that to hand and then I researched the card like I would any other um, as it was a Singapore card there are a lot of unknowns in there I think there yeah. were like 15 debutants or something yeah. um, but I'm quite used to that you know that's what I did from the covering,
0: and, and yeah, yeah. you know,
1: when you go back to KO MMA and, yep. and then Shock and or those guys are grassroots. Mm. You know, they might have had a couple of boxing matches, but nothing else. Yeah. So, you've really got to make some effort to yeah. find out about people. So, I'm comfortable with that. And I, and I knew that there were other people in the running, mm. and I knew that I was more comfortable with that process. I was hoping that that would give me yeah. a bit of one upmanship, if yeah. you know, like. So, um, I went in there, prepared, we called some fights. Um, And it worked really well. You know, it felt really natural with Dan. Having commentated for, like, five years and been quite active with it as well, um, yeah, it it seemed really easy to me. And to have someone like a world titleist sitting next to you, you've got so many ways that you can go. You can ask him on so many different levels Mm -hmm. and you're going to get a different answer each time.
0: And he comes with the experience of having been there at the highest level and
1: having done it. Exactly that. So it was... It was obvious to me that Dan Hardy was going to be the fixture in that chair. Um, you know, for, just because I think that he's, he's the right guy on many different levels, but he's also available. Yeah. Um, having, you know, having him sat there and, and listening to some of the stuff he was coming out with, I can normally, as someone that's trained and, and stuff like that, you kind of know where you're trying to leave things, but Dan was just levelling up. Mm. And I was like, wow, I didn't, even, I, I didn't think of that. And that's nice, and and that's why I think it's going to be great for the new audience to hear that you're going to. We're not watering anything down, and if we do if we do make this more accessible, you're going to get even more on another level because you've got a guy that has literally fought for a world title, yeah. and he's coached guys in the UFC. Yeah. He's been in the corner for guys yeah. at the UFC. And, and he's a, he's an expert in nutrition and, and stuff like that. So he's he's really really well rounded. You yeah. know he's so qualified for that role, yeah. um, and that makes it really exciting. So how in terms of obviously and, and
0: this is going to be part blessing part curse almost. You're coming in. Um, it's a, it's a new commentary team. How different is this format going to be to what we've seen from the American broadcast in the past?
1: Just language differences I think
0: so just the actual the actual um, nuts and bolts format and, and staging of it is going to be very similar to what people are used to seeing it'll just be a European British slant to commentary
1: the UFC product works yeah it's tried and tested everyone will look to try and copy that yeah. I will hold my hands up right now and say I probably haven't watched a UFC card for the last four years without having a pen and paper in front of me yeah. you know that for the timings and everything else, it's a well oiled machine. That was never going to change, um, and I certainly wouldn't have wanted it to. But there's just some cultural differences. Uh, there will be language differences, for example, the way that we articulate certain things. Um, you know, if, if I'd, I'd like to, bring my teammates, if you like, in America, look, Mike Goldberg has a great set of pipes on him, and uh, John Annick has this fantastic pace to his presentation mm-hmm. um i don't have either of those uh, I, i'm slightly different in yeah. in the way that i commentate fights and, yeah. and my presenting style yeah. so um so yeah we're, we're all very different characters mm-hmm. and we're all going to bring our own slant to it yeah. so yeah i will be fitting around the format yeah um but what we need to going off track here yeah. that the whole idea of this is to is to develop things in in our region mm. and for us to be taken seriously in our region people need to see that we're we're growing organically as well you know and when they see that and they get more familiar and and it's not just an american sport it's an international sport because mm. people are still a long way behind yeah and this is going to help
0: you mentioned mike goldberg and, uh, and john anick have you obviously you've just come back from vegas yeah about a week ago did you get chance to to meet and chat with either of those two guys when you were? It it's a bit of a flying
1: visit. But. Yeah, exactly. And, and Mike Goldberg, yes, we met, but he was he was working that weekend uh, in Manchester. I met with John Annick. We yeah. shared a cab ride actually uh, to the Wayans. The guy is a legend. I, I've been. So, I'm so grateful to the help and the advice and how positive he's been towards me. It's, and it's really important. I, I need to. I need to get that out there as well because he didn't need to, you know. I've I've taken some of his air miles, uh, essentially. But he's been totally cool. I actually dropped him an email Mm. um, when I heard that this was coming up. Mm. Um, He followed me back on Twitter. I DM'd. He gave me his email address. I sent him an email. I said, "Look, if you can advise me on the do's and the don'ts, Mm. I'd be really grateful." And he got straight back to me. Sent me. And I mean, that was. Everyone's been so kind and supportive.
0: And that's a guy who will have gone through a similar process exactly. that you're going through yeah. now because people are used to seeing Goldie and Rogan yeah and then there was another commentary team brought in with obviously uh, John and Kenny yeah um, and he would have had that bedding in period and having to cope with the fact that he wasn't the name or the face that people or the voice that people were used to yeah you're now doing that as well. Yeah. So, obviously, having having advice from him must be absolute gold
1: for you. <laughs> and and I guess that he's a massive sympathizer because he knows what's about to happen. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think that... Um, I'm hoping that people enjoy the broadcast. Yeah. You know, we are... We're, we're calling mixed martial arts fights. Yes, we have a different accent and stuff like that, but the UFC product is, is the same. We're putting a different spin on it just by proxy of how we sound, you know? But, um... I'm hoping it's going to be something that people enjoy. Obviously,
0: yeah. You know? And in terms of in terms of uh, the actual fight card itself, yeah. Um, break down the sort of the, the top fights on that main card. I mean, what can people expect? Let's, let's, let's look at Neil Siri versus Brad Pickett first of all. Okay. Um, what can people expect? A lot of people will know who Brad Pickett is. Fewer people will know who, who Neil Siri is. Um, but he's coming in with a, with, with a pedigree from Cage Warriors, and that
1: looks like that's going to be a very exciting fight. I'm so pleased to see that Neil's got this shot. Um, There's a guy that nearly quit. He nearly quit the game after his fight with um, Artemis Sotenko. He just kind of lost interest a little bit, but the rise of Irish mixed martial arts encouraged him to carry on going, and he gathered some momentum. And uh, again, he's had he's had a a bad end to the year when his uh, when Ulysses Gomez pulled out and he didn't you know didn't get to fight. So it's been frustrating. Um, and now you see a guy that's just an honest mixed martial artist who's been around and fought so many top guys he knows that brad pickett's one of his heroes you know he really enjoys his style and in fact they're very similar in the way they approach fights so um that's going to be a that's going to be a war i haven't spoken with with brad directly yet but you know, Brad's had some bedding-in time for flyweight. I can't imagine that he hasn't done a few test cuts. Yeah. Um, and I think that together, those two are going to put on a, a serious show. Yeah. Neil has got nothing to lose. He's full of, He's full of gratitude, and he's just going to go after it. He's just, he said to me, I'm just going to stand in there and bang with him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a fantastic fight. Let's look at the co-main. Obviously, the, uh, the, the picket fight, we had a change of opponent with William McCall dropping out in Neil series coming yeah. in. Same story as well with the co-main. Yeah. Uh, Melvin Gillard was due to face Ross Pearson after their first fight in Manchester, came to a, a premature end. Ross sustained a, an injury in training. Michael Johnson has come over. That gives us uh, a very, very dynamic-looking co-main event, yeah. even though we don't have that British interest.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, it's it's a great fight. I mean, there's there's lots of storylines attached to that as well. Michael Johnson, for me, has come on leaps and bounds. I mean, since he's settled in at the Black Zillions, and the Black Zillions, all told, once, they, once it quietened down around them, they've really just surged forward. And he's very much been a product of that. And we've seen his fight style evolve from when he was in the tough house, maybe playing it safe, to being one of the, I think he's... He scored the second most knockdowns in uh, in the lightweight division. Yeah. And guess who scored the most? Melvin Gillard. Mm. You know, so you've got two guys that are terribly dangerous. Mm. Gillard is inconsistent. What's interesting for me is how Johnson and Gillard, they trained together for about mm. a year. And Johnson's put his name down. I mean, he, was, he, he wanted to fight anyone. Mm. He was trying to get a fight with Khabib as well. So... Yeah. He's a gamer, man, really is, and he's put his name down to fight an old teammate who is more experienced than him, he knows something that we don't, yeah. you know, you're not going to put yourself in that situation if you don't genuinely believe you're going to win, especially when you're on the fringes yeah. of the top ten.
0: And then obviously we've got, after those two fights, which look like hugely entertaining sort of slugfest, we've then got the main event, yeah. Alexander Gustafson against Jimmy Manoa, and now a lot of people who I've spoken to thought Alex Gustafsson beat John Jones. It was a very, very close fight at the yeah. time. I spoke with Jimmy earlier this afternoon. He thought that John Jones won it, but only just. Um, but he told me that he wouldn't have been happy with the performance that Gustafsson put in because he thinks he, 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 he could have finished John Jones in that fight. Okay. So that's this is a guy with an, an enormous amount of confidence in his own ability going in. In a fight for the first time where he's the underdog, he's never been an underdog for a fight before, Jimmy. Mm. Um, how does he stack up against a very well-rounded Swede in, in uh, Alex Gustafsson
1: something that I'm probably going to be putting uh, into the commentary is you, you're only as good as your first your, your last bout yeah. right? so that makes Alex Gustafsson top of the tree you know mm. he's going to be riding high um, Jimmy Manua is we still have a lot of unanswered questions about him you know and that's that's not his fault you, you can only go as you can only beat the people that are put in front of you and he's he's kicked and punched people to the point where their bodies have given up. You know, and you know they haven't always been a fairy tale ending and and not always what the fans want to see, but he's won those fights. And he was never in trouble in those fights. He has a a style of fighting that has been adapted very well for mixed martial arts. You know, just the way that he kicks is is an adapted tie kick. I want to speak to his coaches about that, but he seems to it's the way that the use of his knees, so it it's just everything is very very calculated. Yeah. Jimmy Manuel has the, the mental strength to be able to deal with this main event. Um, and what's he got to lose? you know yeah. he's got nothing to lose yeah. apart from his perfect record but mm. I mean how many mixed martial artists at the highest level have a perfect record yeah. so um, yeah I, I think there's a lot of pressure on uh, on Gustafsson, not just to beat Jimmy but if you want to be deemed as the best of the division you've got to go out and win convincingly yeah is he going to be able to win convincingly against Jimmy Manuel? I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's going to be good fun finding out.
1: Absolutely. So Saturday night, live coverage is
0: going to kick off on uh, on BT Sport on online and on the app from 5.30 with the prelims. Right. Uh, and then the main card will be live from 7.30 on BT Sport 1. We're going to show every fight live. Um, so every single British fighter on the card, every fighter on the card you'll get to see live. If you've got a BT subscription, you can watch the lot. So that's going to be fantastic. Final, final thing from you um, someone who may be tuning in for the first time what can they expect from this UFC event whether they've seen a UFC event before or whether they've seen a, a smaller event they're coming up massive event at the O2 what can people expect
1: on Saturday night you're going to see front to back um, guys that are really well established guys at the highest level of the game and guys that are just finding their feet at this elite level, um, and and everything in between. So we've got a lot of homegrown talent, and they're going to be fueled by a sellout crowd. This sold out in record time. They've had to create more seats. The atmosphere at the O2 is going to be something. You know, I'm so excited for that. I don't know how I'm going to feel walking out to that, but um, we'll, we'll find out. So, but yeah, there's a lot of excitement around this event, and. Uh, The results are very, very important on very many levels. They're going to see people who have competed on the Ultimate Fighter Series, graduates of that, guys that are still trying to establish themselves. So there's a lot of hungry guys out there and guys that really are still trying to find their feet in their mixed martial arts career, but at the highest level. And that's really exciting. Brilliant.
0: Thanks very much, John, and I hope it all goes swimmingly for you on the night.
1: Thank you very much.